Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Tonight I want to talk about uh, service, hands in the harvest. Talking about service for the Lord, uh, hands in the harvest. What what did God put us uh, on this earth for once he saved us? Uh, the opening scripture, Acts 5.14, says, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. Amen. Now, uh, there was, someone told a story of a Christian man got on a city bus and Beside the driver, he was the only one on this big old bus at that point in time. He went all the way back and sat on the back in the back of the bus, and he prayed a prayer, and he said, Lord, if you want me to speak to someone about you, please give me a sign. And so at the very next stop, another man got on the bus, went and, did, and passed all of these empty rows, went back there and sat near that guy and asked him, do you... Uh, know anything about Jesus? And the guy excused himself from this man, went over and sat somewhere else and said, Lord, if this is really you, like, can you give me another sign? And see, that's not the way to do it. Like, that was the sign, you know. Somebody came on and asked you about, do you know anything about Jesus? Like, you just prayed, you know, to talk to someone. Now, if that isn't like what they call a softball question, like, you know, like just put it up, you know, like uh, uh, what do they call that uh, stick ball or whatever when the little kids T-ball, you know, like they put it on the stick. And it's like if you can't hit that ball, you know what I mean? Come on now. God is. And so if we pray and God opens a door, that's time for us to chat. That's time for us to open our mouth and to say something about the Lord, because because he put us on this earth for that. Uh, one person said, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. And that's important because when, we're, when we find out why, that's when God saves us and he shows us why. We're here to be a blessing to someone else. You know, to, to achieve that second and greatest of all commandments, of, of the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Reach out, amen, to somebody. Apostle Paul said a powerful statement in, in uh, chapter 1 of Romans, and he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So we don't have anything to be ashamed about, amen. The, in fact, there's an Old Testament verse that said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, those that are redeemed, those that are saved, let them save so. Let them talk about the mighty works of God. There's nothing, we have nothing to take the tuck head about. We have something that everybody needs, whether they know it or not, whether they want it or not, they need it, and God has it for them. Now, Jesus, when he was calling his disciples, the first four he called were fishermen. Peter, uh, actually his name was Simon, and Jesus kind of renamed him as a nickname, Peter. Uh, but it was Andrew and his brother Simon, who we know as Peter, and then John and his brother James. 
all four were fishermen. And he made a statement to them. Once he called them, in Matthew 4.19, he said, Then he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Amen. So they totally understood understood that because they were fishermen. And so now he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You're going to go catch men. And you're going to bring men to the boat. You're going to bring men to the church. You're going to bring men to me. Amen. So that I can do to them like I did to you. So Isaiah 43.10, the Bible said, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. Beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. So we are witnesses that there's only one God. We're witnesses of God and uh, and we are to be eyewitnesses because eyewitness means you saw it yourself. It wasn't just hearsay. Amen. And we're eyewitnesses. I can, I'm an eyewitness with my testimony. I can tell you what God did for me. That's an eyewitness. We are witnesses. Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. A city set on the, head, on the hill, Jesus said, cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So what what we're talking about is not only words, but actions. Because actions speak much louder than words. And a light doesn't make a noise unless, you know, usually it's like on the fritz and ready to go out blinking and sputtering and hissing or whatever but a normal light bulb it's just there but you know it's there and we are lights and people will see us before they hear us they'll see our actions amen and then uh uh jesus said in acts 1 8 but you shall receive power after the holy ghost has come upon you and you'll you shall be witnesses unto me both in jerusalem judea and samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. So we're witnesses of his glory, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness. We're witnesses of that he's one God. We're witnesses of his power, that he filled us with his spirit, and he wants to fill you with his spirit, whoever you're talking to. Now, the key phrase in our text verse was people believed and were brought to the Lord. Everybody say brought. Amen. That means someone needs to bring them. Now, I know God can sovereignly talk to people and he can draw them to the house of God. He does it all the time. But the way he really set things up, he set it up for us to be a witness and for us to tell them and for us to bring them. Amen. Now, the Bible says that Andrew brought his brother Simon Peter to Jesus. And, you know, and and uh, that's the way you do it. Andrew found Jesus first. He heard about the awesome things. He said, come and see this man that that, uh, is the Messiah. He's the the Savior of the world. Come and see him. And then Simon was a believer. Amen. And we find over and over again in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that people were brought to Jesus for various reasons and various things. They brought him. uh, They brought the sick to him. They brought the paralyzed to him. They brought the blind and the deaf to him. 
the lepers came to him. They brought the children to him. They brought the tormented to him. They even brought the demon possessed to him. And he dealt with all of that and he took care and he helped all those people. But somebody's got to bring him. We got to bring him to Jesus. Amen. So there's a great need for evangelism in this world. And, and evangelism is reaching people, evangelizing. You know, like, like Jesus in his great commission, after he rose again, some of his, uh, his very famous last words were go, go and preach the gospel to every creature, go and teach, go and baptize, go and tell them all about it, go and share the gospel. Amen. So there are several reasons why there you know needs for evangelism. Number one, God loves the world. God so loved the world that he gave. That's why we need to evangelize. Number two, God wants to see the world saved. Amen. You know, the you know, we know John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave, and, and verse 17 said, And God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. So he wants the world to be saved. 1 Timothy 2.4, uh, God who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Number three, Jesus commanded and commissioned us to reach the world. I just mentioned that. Number four, winning souls is wise. Proverbs 11.30 said, he who wins souls is wise. And so soul winning, that is something that we do as Christians we win souls. That's what reaching for people is. That's what evangelizing is. It's winning people to God. It's bringing them. It's compelling them. It's fishing for them. You know, we're not hunting people. You know, we you can't go hunting for people because that's forcing them to come. You have to fish. What do they do for fishing? They use lures. They use bait. They use, you know, come on, fishy, fishy, get on my little hook. You know, it's all, you know, it, it's trying to you know, get them interested in, in what the Lord has. Amen. And we, God uses uh, uh, wisdom. He helps us with wisdom to do this. There, now, one of the most important reasons is souls are eternal and will spend eternity somewhere. And so we want people to spend eternity in heaven. Amen. Number six, reaching and teaching people pleases heaven. Amen. The parables of the lost sheep the lost coin, and the lost prodigal son. Amen. What happened when it was done? He said, so likewise. Amen. When one soul, when one person repents, there's joy in heaven. It pleases heaven when we reach people. And number seven, soul winners and, uh, and disciple makers are rewarded. There's a reward. Amen. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when we come to the conclusion of our lesson tonight. And God still calls people to evangelize and disciple. Now the difference between evangelizing and discipling is evangelizing is going out and reaching them. And then once they come, discipling them is to encourage them, is to pray for them, is to befriend them and, uh, you know, help them uh, know that they're, that we're with them and they're part of the family of God. Now God first calls us to him and then we learn of him, we grow in grace, we grow in the knowledge of the Lord, and then we become a little more mature, and God helps us to be more mature to reach others. Amen. So he calls us first to him to be saved, and then he calls us 
to out to the harvest to reach, to put our hands in the harvest and to reach others, to help them learn of him, get close to him and to grow in him as well. John 4.35, Jesus said, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. In other words, you know, in literal, you know, when you plant the crops, you know, you got to wait months before you can reap what you plant. But what Jesus is saying, there's always souls ready to be saved somewhere. Amen. Now, that person might not be ready for four months, but this one is. And God, show us that one. Bring us to the one that's ready. Help us, God, to reach the people that want to be reached. Amen. And we need to reach the people even that don't want to be reached. Somebody's got to tell them. Amen. Because God said, I want everyone to be saved. Now, somebody might say, well, somebody else will reach that person. So I'm not going to say nothing about Jesus to them. You know, I mean, there's someone else will probably talk to him. No, God wants us to talk to him if it's his will at that time. Because there is a time to speak and a time to be silent, Ecclesiastes 3 says. Amen. So that, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, it, it's not the right time and we could push someone away if we speak to him, you know, about the Lord in the, uh, at the wrong time. But God help us, help us be sensitive to know when the time is. He wants us, he wants you and I to bring them to him. Like Andrew brought his brother, Peter. Matthew 9, 37 said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. So we can pray, Lord, God, you know, not only help me to be one of the laborers in the harvest, but God, send more laborers out there. There, you know, the, there is a plentiful harvest. Don't, don't say we got four more months. We can do it right now. So we are all called to win souls to God Amen and for God. And you know, like we like our uh, our motto or our you know, mission statement I guess for this year was everyone win one. You know, we we can't look at, you know, the fact that there's like 26 million people within a 40-mile radius of this church and say, "Oh my goodness, how are we going to reach them all one at a time?" Amen. You know, God's not asking this church to reach 26 million. God's not asking you individually to reach 26 million. He's asking you to do your part. Amen. Where you work, where you go to school, in your circle of influence. Amen. So we do this by living the life of a child of God in front of all the people around us. Our circle of influence, where we live, where we go to school, where we work, where we shop, where we eat out, you know, wherever we go day to day. You go where I don't go. I go where you don't go. We go to different restaurants sometimes maybe. We go to different places to shop. And so there's little lights, you know, going everywhere. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So ways to reach each other. Amen. The, the ways to reach others is, number one, make certain our motives are pure. You know, some people, you know, and I don't think that's a big problem, but sometimes it can be, but... You know, our motive is just to be, I'm reaching them for the Lord. I'm not doing it to say, well, you know, look at me or whatever. You know, just like Jesus said, you know, don't show off praying 
the wrong way just to show off. Don't show off giving. Don't show off fasting. He said, you know, and I guess, you know, some people might think they're showing off trying to reach people, but you don't want to do that. You want your motive to be pure. I just want to reach somebody because he reached me. Amen. Freely ye have received, now freely give. Number two, pray for people who don't know Jesus. Amen. And that's good. That's good. It's good because we need to pray. You know, one person said, talk to God about people before you talk to people about God, because God knows who needs what, when. Amen. God help us. Lord, just, Lord, just put some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. Like the song says, amen. So pray for people who don't know Jesus and let, let God use you as, as he opens doors. Number three, ask God to put someone on your heart and he will. It might just be for prayer. It might just be, it might be to send them a letter, send them a text, or maybe even do something for them. Amen. Talk to them. And then number four, this is a good one. Look for God at work. I'm not talking about like at your job, but no, look for God at work in people's lives. Amen. And in other words, you know, a lot of times it takes somebody to go through something to really open their heart to God. And so look for God working in someone's life like that. And you be a friend to them. You be there for them during their time of hurt or whatever they're going through. And when God opens a door, you can talk to them about the Lord. Amen. Number five, be prepared to share your testimony. And what's your testimony? How, you know, maybe how you used to live and how God brought you out of that and saved you. Amen. Be prepared to share. Because if you've been praying God, you know, like this guy, Lord, show me someone I can talk to. Amen. And then God brings someone and then I, oh, I got, do I have anything to say? I got to be ready to say something. And that's what I love what 1 Peter 3.15 said. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asked you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So always be prepared. So that, see, that's why the Bible says study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word, search the scriptures, you know, and uh, read your Bible. And, uh, and, you know, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be going to Bible school. You don't have to have a degree to be able to tell someone about the Lord. Just talk to him. Just say what the Lord did for you. Amen. Because once you prayed for God to use you to reach others, expect the doors to open be ready to give your testimony. Be ready to witness of God's grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness and have something to say to them about Jesus or about maybe a couple scriptures or something. Number six, invite people to church. Amen. Just say, man, we got an exciting, you know, if someone, you know, sometimes some people say, well, how was your weekend? You know, like you, know, you go to the bank on Monday or something. You know, how, how was your weekend? Well, how was your weekend? Man, we had an exciting church service. I'm telling you, God. And then they go, oh, wow, you know, what kind of church? And then you, why don't you come to church? You know, you know, here's a business card, you know, and if you want some business cards, let me know. I'll give you some business cards to hand out, whatever. Amen. Invite people to church. Amen. Number seven, be patient. Amen. Because not everybody is going to want to hear what you want to say. And so, you know, don't be discouraged. Amen. Wait on the Lord to open doors of opportunity. 
Don't be discouraged when some people don't respond like you'd like them to, to, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, I just told you some good news. Hit the road. Get out of here. I don't want to hear from you. Or whatever. Don't be discouraged. Amen. It takes time for some people to open their heart and allow God to lead them and change them. Always know, though, anytime you talk to anybody about the Lord, you're planting a seed. And that seed might not come to, uh, might not grow for a while. Who knows? And then number eight, when God draws that person and they come to the house of God and they give their life to the Lord, be there for them through their spiritual journey. And that's what kind of the church as a collective, we are, you know, the body of Christ. In fact, the Bible said the church is the mother of us all. God's our father and the church, you know, helps mother people, you know, and, you know, new people in God are like babes in Christ and you try to, you know, encourage them and help them. And I want to read a, a passage that's really powerful uh, as we come to the close of this lesson. Uh, Apostle Paul uh, told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, he said, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. So he's saying, I have purposely, I purposely do things so I can win more people to God. And this is how he said, he said, and to the Jews, verse 20, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. He's talking about winning people to God. To those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak. And notice this, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And he said, why? Now this I do for the gospel's sake. He does it for the gospel's sake. So see, he's, what he's saying is, he goes, I try to relate to people. I'm trying, he goes, I try to, you know, relate to them, you know, and, you know, uh, so that they can understand that, I'm not some strange person, you know, some whatever. I'm just a, you know, a, a sinner saved by grace like everyone else, but I want to relate to you. And maybe you don't talk to them about Jesus for a while. You know, you can talk to them about other things and relating to them. And then when the door opens, amen. There's been many times my family and I have gone out to restaurants over the years and, you know, we didn't tell anything about anybody, about Jesus to, the, to the, uh, the waitress or the waiter. We would just be nice to them. We would just, you know, be good tippers. We would be very nice, please and thank you. Smile, how are you? You know, make them feel like they're not some, like, hey, get away from me, you bother me. I just want you here to fill my drink and give me my food and get out of here. And I don't want to, you know, know your name or anything. No, don't be like mean to them or anything. You know, just be nice to them. And then they say, you know, what's, what's different about you guys? Something different about you. And then you, that is like an open door, like the ball on the tee, and you hit it out of the park. And you say, well, and you tell them about the Lord, you tell them about church, and, and then they, then, you know, then you can just maybe leave it at that. And then the next time, hey, you know, what about that church? Here's a card. And we've seen people come, and we've seen them get saved, amen, baptized, filled with the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. But we didn't push Jesus down their throat. We just lived it. We just were the light first and then just related to them. Amen. 
Praise God. So ask God to give you a passion for souls. He answers prayer. Ask God to give you a burden to see people saved. He answers prayer. Ask God to give you the compassion, courage, and boldness you need to be the soul winner he wants you to be. Amen. So when the door opens and he makes a way, you can start chatting to, with them about the Lord. And here, that when we talked about that, la that last thing about uh, the need for evangelism, it talked about um, the reward of people that evangelize other people, the people that reach other people. I believe this one of the secrets to an exciting and vibrant and powerful walk with God is to continually reach out for others. Amen. Because when I'm reaching out for others, I can't wait to get to church, to get strength and recharge so I can go out and reach out some, for some more. Or I can't wait to get to church because I've been inviting people to church and I'm expecting them to come tonight or I'm expecting them to come Sunday morning. When I'm reaching out for others, I can't wait to read and study my Bible so I'll have something to share with those I'm praying for and reaching for when they ask me about the hope I have. And when I'm reaching others, I can't wait to pray so I'll have some direction and I'll know who I should reach out to and when and what should I say to them at that time. And when I'm reaching others, I will become more like Jesus because his number one mission during his earthly ministry was to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. And before we get to a couple more questions that you might have or whatever, there's a there's an old song that I started just singing when I was studying for this lesson, and it's an old Andre Crouch song. I don't know if you remember him, but he you know back he was back in the '60s, '70s, '80s, and um, in 1975 he released one of his albums called "Take Me Back." And on that album was a song called Tell Them. And that song basically basically said, I'm going to try to sing it a little bit because I feel like it's uh, singing it's better than just saying the words. Tell them, even if they don't believe you, just tell them, even if they don't receive you. Oh, tell them for me. Please tell them for me that I love them. And that's the chorus. Tell them even if they don't believe you. They're going to believe you believe it, even if they don't believe, but they might believe. But tell them even if they don't receive you. Tell them for me. Tell them it's free. Tell them it's a blessing. Tell them you you know, just give it a try. You know, you'll never regret it. Praise God. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.